Third-party risks are getting more attention from federal banking regulators as breaches continue to expose card data and other sensitive financial information. Anton Shavakin, a research director at Gartner, where he focuses on security and risk management strategies, says banking institutions will be expected in 2014 to step up their due diligence, especially where the cloud and mobile are concerned. During this interview, he explains why. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Anton, a great deal has changed along the financial threat landscape since you and I spoke last in July 2012. From DDoS attacks to emerging processor and payments risks, banking institutions have been very busy focusing attention and budgets on risk mitigation. What would you say, Anton, have been the top three fraud and security risk trends that have defined 2013? Actually, I wanted to make a slightly contrarian point here. A lot of things have changed indeed, but a lot of things stay the same. Sometimes I keep joking that not a single security problem has ever been solved. And in this case, this applies to our questions of financial fraud and risk. The point is that many of the risks we dealt with in 2012, 2011, 2010, 2004, 1999, possibly 1989 are still there. So I wanted to talk about the new things, but also wanted to remind the listeners that some of the old stuff, password management, dealing with attackers being able to guess passwords and thus steal services or money, is still there. Many other attacks and exploitation types originated in the 90s or a long, long time ago, in eternity in IT industry years. So I wanted to focus on some of the new things like increasing denial of service attacks, uh, certainly increased uh, sophistication of malware that we are all seeing and uh, proliferation of such malware for both uh, sensitive information theft, financial fraud, but I also wanted to highlight the fact that even with traditional malware, malicious software, many organizations just aren't that prepared. Password guessing, an attack originating in 1980s, if not earlier, is still a scourge to many organizations if we have to believe uh, industry reports. Finally, uh, configuring and deploying payment terminals in a way that allows physical tampering probably dates back, I don't know, since the since before there were cash registers, maybe since the date of the mechanized cash registers, and yet this is not solved even now. Good point about some of the ongoing payments challenges that the industry faces, Anton, and I'd like to come back to talk about some of that in just a moment. But before we get there, can you speak some about cloud security? How should a banking institution manage cloud providers to ensure security, and do you think that they're focusing enough attention there? Well, how about this? Uh, I, I kind of have to make a contrarian point here as well. If you believe the media, the, 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 the newspapers, and the, even, the, even the mainstream media at this point, cloud adoption is happening at a huge pace. There is some truth to that, for sure. But at the same time, the use of cloud to regulate it and sensitive information isn't as fast as many people think. So uh, at many banks, at many financial institutions I deal with, the question of how do we use public cloud infrastructure for sensitive data doesn't come up. You don't. That's your answer. I mean, some organizations would use cloud for less important things and for less sensitive and not regulated data. So as a result, we do see a certain, uh, I would say, degree of complacency among, among organizations, whether financial or not, because they use cloud, public cloud, public cloud infrastructure for, mostly for unimportant stuff. So less risk does necessitate less control and possibly less effort to secure the data because the data they put there just isn't that important. And for the most important data, for the regulated data, 
they put the efforts in not having it in the cloud rather than in having it in the cloud securely. So with this being said, people do face challenges protecting infrastructures in the cloud when they do put sensitive data. But there's less of that going on than some people think. And so then if banking institutions aren't really using the cloud for sensitive data, should they be concerned about more regulatory scrutiny where due diligence of these cloud vendors is concerned? I would say yes, because uh, the, most people agree that the long-term trend is an increased use of public clouds. Admittedly, if there would be no disasters, the, the slow trickle of adoption would likely become more of a waterfall, and more people start trusting cloud providers. And you know what? When the word trust comes in, regulators often aren't far behind. So there we have FedRAMP. We have PCI DSS, obviously touching on the uh, cloud provider relationships. And so we do see, we do expect more regulatory scrutiny as that process happens. But the thing is, don't expect it to happen tomorrow. It might happen in a year, in two years. Whenever there is a much broader adoption of cloud infrastructure for sensitive and regulated data. And then what about emerging mobile banking and payments risks? What should banking institutions be focused on there, Anton? Now, that's the area where a lot of things are happening very fast, much faster than in the cloud. And uh, you can debate, and so at this point, the discussion of, say, payment card data in the cloud is in many cases a cocktail conversation topic. At the same time, the question of a payment data on a mobile device is very much a daily reality for lots of organizations. So this is where a lot of exciting development is ongoing. Now, we do face multiple risks. We do deal with the fact that much of the payments is accepted well, through what is ultimately a consumer platform, iPhone, Android, whatever else. So the result is that there's a question of how do you make a consumer device into a payment terminal? Obviously, vendors produce dedicated hardware, wireless payment terminals, and all, all the other exciting technologies, but we do see merchants adopting consumer devices for accepting payments. And to me, that's a, that's a thing that's very hard to do in a secure manner, and there are many attempts. I don't think we have time to judge how good the attempts are, but at the same time, this is an area that changes very quickly, and we do expect that it will continue to do so until it settles on a certain secure enough minimum. At this point, it's pretty much all over the board. And so what about more regulatory scrutiny where mobile banking and payments are concerned? Should banking institutions be preparing for that? At this point, it's not very really clear to me how to regulate it because the platforms and hardware change so frequently and in very much an unheard of manner compared to, say, 10 years ago. So it's hard for me to even imagine what the right regulatory regime would be here. So in general, I can say they can expect more regulation, especially if there are major breaches involving mobile devices. At this point, uh, many of the breaches of cardholder data and other financial data do not involve mobile devices. And uh, the Verizon breach team keeps looking for that evidence, and it's just not there. At the same time, as the adoption of those devices for payment acceptance goes up, I'm pretty sure there will be many ways discovered by the criminals on how to steal data from those devices in a cost-effective manner, that is, the cost-effective for the criminals. I would say regulation is to be expected, but the exact way it would look and the exact timing is just not clear because it's hard to regulate something that changes literally on a monthly basis. And then what about EMV, Anton? How do you see EMV impacting mobile payments, if at all, in 2014? You know, I was thinking of some kind of a funny clip here, but I know I'll try this one. What's EMV? 
in any case, here in the U.S., I kind of don't see EMV making an impact in 2014, 2015, 2016. <laughs> Ask me that question later. So the point is, there are so many other interesting developments. Again, as we just discussed, mobile technology. We talked about all sorts of alternative payment schemes. So to me, I just don't see EMV sticking in the U.S. Because of hardware changes needed, and because of all the RFID and wireless technology and because of mobile devices and many other experiments that companies like PayPal and others are running, I'm not sure I see the place for EMV in the U.S. anymore. It's, it's hard to imagine that merchants would drop their terminals and magically adopt the terminals that support EMV. I just find it really unlikely. And even with regulatory burden, namely PCI burden relieved, I mean, I do hear through the grapevine that the merchants just aren't jumping to toss their terminals and to get ones that support EMV. At this point, it can place me firmly in a skeptic camp. So if it's not EMV, Anton, what would it be? Do you think we'll leapfrog to some kind of mobile technology? It would jump somewhere, but at this point, there are so many interesting competing options with minimal market share, so it's hard to imagine what it would be. But given those options, it's hard to believe that EMV would be that. So let's talk about some of this conversation within the context of PCI. This lacking mention of mobile will have an impact on banking institutions, merchants, processors, and others that are involved with mobile payments, will it not? Uh, not at all, because PCI does mention mobile in a supplementary guidance document released in, uh, I think it was late 2012. So, so there's a, the whole document of 20, 30 pages that talks about the mobile devices and payment acceptance and there's plenty of attention council was paying to the mobile technology. There's a PCI mobile payment acceptance security guideline for developers, and there's also uh, another supplementary guidance document on mobile. So to me, the council is paying attention to mobile, and there is guidance. I kind of respect their decision not to stick it in PCI, PCI DSS document itself, because uh, plenty of guidance now talks about things like data protection and network segmentation that isn't specific to any one technology. So if you're doing mobile, there's still a need to encrypt data. You still cannot store certain types of data. And many other controls and, and sort of approaches discussed in PCI apply perfectly to mobile. Now, mobile-specific issues are separated in those guidance, supplementary guidance documents, which are not the documents that change PCI, but they update and refine PCI. So to me, that's actually quite good. And those documents, by the way, are, as far as supplementary guidance is concerned, they're not that bad. They're actually pretty good and pretty useful. So I've seen developers use them when planning their mobile rushes, mobile sort of um, beachhead expansions. So to me, I, I wouldn't even talk about the PCI's lack in mention of mobile because such a mention does exist. And these documents are, in fact, being used by merchants and by payment processors when they design and build their apps. But with this being said, the rapid evolution of mobile space would still affect the result. And you might do something that looks really well by 2013 standards, and in 2014 it would be seen as unmitigated security disaster. It is perfectly expected. And so as we look at the 2014, how would you say some of those mobile risks will evolve or change, or is it even hard to predict? It is very hard to predict because we are talking about the security of something that rapidly evolves. Mobile platforms change very often. You know, has anybody predicted how iOS 7 would change security? I have an Android phone in my hand, and I'm expecting the Android version 4.4 to hit. 
And I don't know what are some of the changes, what are some of the security advantages, and what a possible security problem in that OS would be. And uh, these updates happen rapidly. They also supersede updates. Uh, they're also added to the updates by the phone makers, carriers, and many other players in the whole mobile ecosystem. So to me, I would probably predict only on a very high level that risks would continue. Likely, as mobile technology adoption grows, there will be more breaches more more specific incidents because the thing is if it is easier for an attacker to steal data from the server or from your PC they would do exactly that but if at some point maybe PC security controls would, would go up and the companies pay more attention to protecting their servers maybe at this point mobile become would become a, a worthwhile bet for the attackers and we would see more breaches at this point it's the main prediction that I can be certain of is more uncertainty we shouldn't underestimate the old risks because they really have not gone away. So when you think about deciding between investing in, say, secure mobile application development, you might well neglect the fact that your website has insecure passwords and attackers can guess them. I would want the audience to not only think about the new risks, but also to be really cognizant of the fact that very few of the old risks have gone away. Anton, I'd like to thank you again for your time this afternoon. Thank you. Again, we've just heard from Anton Shavakin of Gartner. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.